And he asked me to take a walk with him. He didn't say anything for the longest time. And then he turned to me and he said, Woodman, we need each other. Words and music. And he crossed his fingers, showing how they go together. Remember, words and music. All right, in this episode of the Words and Music podcast, I am so honored to be joined in studio by Joe Napier. Good good evening, Joe. I almost said good morning, but it is definitely yes, evening. It's dark outside on the other end of the day. That's right, the other end of the day, the twilight. It's good to see you. It's Thank really you good to see you. I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to it, too. You are somebody that I've wanted to sit down and have an in-depth conversation with since I met you. I think you showed up one night at Open Mic. And I, yep, yep. A couple years ago, we'd never met. And I was just, it was one of those nights where I I felt so damn lucky to be a part of this local music scene because watching you perform, listening to you tell your stories on stage, I just knew like, wow, this woman has seen and done it all. And I can't wait to open this book. And live to tell. (laughs) And live to tell the tales. Live to tell the tales. Well, let's start at the very beginning. So my question to everybody who comes on this podcast is, the very first question is, when did you begin your musical journey? When did you first pick up an instrument? When did you first realize you could sing? When did that happen for you? Fortunately, when I was very young. Um, grew up in a musical family. Uh, uncle and great uncles played guitar. Cool. So there was always a silver tone K guitar in the corner. And I have photographs of me when I'm about tall was that guitar. Yeah. I'm getting that strapped around my neck so I could stand there. And I even noticed in the pictures I'm holding the neck of the guitar like you would expect. Right. Too. So I think the, the good man up above, you know, planted <laughs> a seed there. But uh, it started right away. I mean, you're listening to Roy Orbison in the house. Oh, yeah. Grandma's in the choir. Mom's choir director. So uh, by the time I was nine, I talked mom and dad into a guitar that was on the top shelf in the five and dime oh right on eagles i think it was in orange virginia okay and got it for christmas wasn't big as beer bottle i think uh but uh (laughs) i love that guitar and played it for several years and my uncle gene my mom's brother taught me to play yeah and uh, he was phenomenal and just a sweet soul and when the family got together on sunday we went in pop's room shut the door and he taught me how to pick. Yeah. He tried to get me to sing. I was chicken. <laughs> Shy is what I called it in my song. But, uh, yeah, that's where it started. And Uncle Gene was, he was a country enthusiast. So, Family originally from Virginia? Yes. Yep. Uh, Charlottesville, my dad's side, Orange okay. County, my mom's side. Virginia so, born and raised. Yep. So you had those picking parties as you were growing up. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, all around me from... 15 years old, I'm playing bluegrass, you know, in firehouses in Louisa, Virginia. Yeah. So, and I played music with the lady Arlene Lloyd. She was blind. Oh, wow. And she could sing and yodel and pick and playing songs for me like Long Tall Texan, Ten Gallon <laughs> Head. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And I, I learned a lot from that lady because she, she picked like yeah, flat picking, really flat picking. Didn't need a microphone. Wow. Need, you know, we didn't plug up anything. Right. And anyway. So, uh, yeah, country was instilled until I start reaching my teenage years. And then I found 
Bob Dylan. And that's when the rebel came out. Peter Paul Mary. Yeah. And uh, morphed into uh, dragging Johnny Cash and Merle Haggard along and then pops up Linda Ronstadt. Yeah. Carol King. Those amazing Bonnie women. Bonnie Raitt. Mm-hmm. And Janis Joplin. And Mother says, that is not music. It is today, Mom. <laughs> so, yeah, big influences, you know. I think my first album was uh, Led Zeppelin Three. Oh my, that's my favorite Led Zeppelin album. Yeah. That's their only acoustic album, or first. Right. Anyway, so. But and, yeah, I'm largely influenced by Jimmy Page. And oh my gosh. All over my walls, Robert Plant, you know. Oh yeah. Was, and in fact, I know about you one thing that, what my favorite thing about you is when you would come to open mic all the time and I would say, okay, one song left. And you'd say, okay, I'm going to do my Led Zeppelin. And your Led Zeppelin quote unquote song is an 11 minute medley. And it is incredible. <laughs> It's At so least great. I told you. Yep. I was like, it only lasts 11 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. It's always perfect. And uh, you all, you actually play my favorite Led Zeppelin song. You play Tangerine. That's right. Such a beautiful song. I love that song. That is such a, that one and the Rain song. Those are my two favorite Zeppelin tunes. And I could listen to them over and over and I'll never get sick of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm blessed that I can sit down and play that. But I wore that LP out. Oh, I bet. You know, back when you had the BSRs, you picked the needle up. Yeah. Yeah. There, you know, but, uh, yeah. And Jimmy, I think, has seven fingers on his left hand. He might. But what an awesome <laughs> guitar player, you know. Yeah. And I definitely, it has bled right into my writings and stuff like that, too. I yeah. Those progressions are still stuck in my head. Jimmy wrote, and he did uh, so many experimental things, too. I mean, who else, who else ever picked up a, a, a cello bow? And, and, Not and, me. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the things that he did with a guitar— almost uh what's the word existential you know i mean it just kind of took you to another place and it was yeah and he still does stuff like Mm -hmm. that you know and he's still out there doing it yeah so yeah but yeah i love doing the zeppelin stuff you you don't see especially being a female artist with a guitar Mm -hmm. you know folks don't expect that but it's built into me i I can't help it so (laughs) But it's, uh, well, thank the Lord for that, because I appreciate that. I'm getting ready to go in the studio, uh, recording studio, and I want to do a demo. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make that Zep medley part of it. That would be amazing. So, And the guy in the studio told me, he said, I don't think I've ever had anybody come in here and do Zeppelin cover. I said, get ready, JP. Yeah, we're Joe said, watch this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's a mandolin player, so okay, we're going nice. to put some of that in there, too. Oh, that's going to be pretty. But yeah, I love the Zeppelin. Can't can't help it. It's in my brain. So and I, when I did the 38 special, which thank right. you all very much for having me to come out, um, that was a big hit. And I saved that for the end of my, my set. So I did, uh, I think I did Love Alive by Heart mm-hmm. first. And I told the sound guy, I said, well, I got 15 minutes left. You got to tell me because this is 11 minutes. Yep. So he did. <laughs> Max said, you got this, you know. Yeah. So I did the Zeppelin. And I had a big group of people stand in front of me, thinking, the good Lord, they can't walk by that Zeppelin. They didn't know if it was me or not. They're looking at me like, wait a minute. Yeah. Okay, it is her. Yeah. I will stay. So I did the heart, I did the Zeppelin, and I got to do an encore. Nice. That I was told that's unheard of. I was going to say, that never happens on the side stage. That's amazing. Get out, get out. Yep. So I was like, woohoo. That's awesome. That was a a good finale for me. yeah, everybody, I think so. And I even got to be Crystal for a minute. You did, yes, because yeah. at the end of my set, mm-hmm. you know, they were saying, "Okay, let's go." Yeah. Well, the tent next to me—they're all caught up in you know 
all the folks out there talking about the uh, 95.9. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I got to do the MC take. Nice. And I'm, okay, we're getting ready to open the big stage here. Get ready to get your southern rock on. And very know. cool. I was like, all right. You can take my place anytime on that well, stage. I didn't expect that to happen, <laughs> but it it just happened that way. And I thought that was pretty cool. I'm watching back, you know, the tape. I'm going, well, I'll be darned. Well, I'll be darned. I got to introduce 38 special. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's one for the books there, you know? That's so, pretty cool. So that, that was cool. over this past summer, and I'm so sorry that I missed that. Of course, I was on vacation that week. But, yeah, that was that was a bummer. And, and um, I'm, I'm so glad that we had a chance to meet when we did because it was one of those turning points in my life about three years ago where things were starting to fall into place for me. And when it comes to my, uh, you know, where I sort of am in my journey, music always plays a big part of it. And you brought you brought those Led Zeppelin songs back into my life, but you also brought a lot of those Jimmy Buffett songs back into my life that I used to be just obsessed with <laughs> Jimmy, right? And I would listen to his records all day. And when I say records, I mean it. Like I actually have a record player, and I my I'm on a quest to collect all of Jimmy's vinyl, good for you, original vinyl. It's very hard to find. It's like a treasure hunt because people don't give up their Jimmy Buffett records very often. Blame them for that. Exactly. It's like Elvis. And yeah. Like at the beach. Yeah. <laughs> so when I find one, I get very excited. So I, uh, I you were out there, and uh, you had heard that I liked Jimmy Buffett. Saw your bio. Yeah. Yep. And you started playing Son of a Son of a Sailor, which is one of my all-time favorites. Beautiful song. It's a beautiful song. And you do a beautiful cover Thank you. of Jimmy. And you got to tell me the Jimmy Buffett story because you told me that night. You said there was one night. I believe you said 1993. 1995. 1995. All right. There was a night that you were a coral reefer. Yes, I was. Please tell me the Grinning story. Grinning like a gator. I'll I tell you bet. What. So I, it just kind of. Kind of happened, a friend of mine said, uh, hey, they're doing this thing on a radio station up north. You call in, pick a Buffett song, you know, play and sing, and they decide whether you're good enough to be part of this contest. Yeah. And I felt funny, you know, being an artist. I'm like, I'm gonna, okay, and son of a gun, I got picked. I got to go to Merriweather Post. Yeah. And perform there for to compete to play with the Coral Reefer Band and Buffett. I got third place, and I competed again at Jiffy Lube. Okay. And the only woman in the crowd nice. came out on top. That's right. So I got to play uh, on stage with Jimmy Buffett and the Coral Reefer Band. What um, was that like? It was amazing, <laughs> amazing. I mean, I just stood on the stage, and I was like, okay, I need to soak this up. Absolutely. You know? like, I can't even remember how many thousand people. Yeah. You know, of course, they're all wild. But if you've been to a Buffett I've show, I've been to a Buffett show it's or a two. Party, so. mm-hmm. And they let me stand right there on the front edge of the stand. I mean, the stage. And it's like, hey. And my mother was with me. She was on the side stage. Very cool. Giving her the thumbs up. And I asked her backstage. I said, Mom, could you live this way? She said, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're lighting their cigarettes for her and yeah. stuff. You know, and my mother was an angel. Yeah. You know, but yeah. they were bringing her drinking cigarettes. <laughs> but yeah, I got to perform with them. They were. All very friendly, the guitar tech, he took care of everything. All I had to do was put that guitar around my neck, got to hug Jimmy. Oh, how cool. You know, I didn't get to hang with him backstage, but we were on stage together. Yeah. My face was on the, the big screen out there, as big as, you know, That's the parking so cool. lot out back here. Yep. So, and I got a 1993 Gibson Les Paul Jr. They gave it to you. And he autographed it. Wow. 
You still have that? You better believe it. Oh, I bet you do. Yeah. yeah. That one doesn't leave the house, really. Yeah. I pull it out and flash it every now and then. <laughs> but, but, yeah, it's, uh, that was that was a highlight. Wow. And to have my mom with me, that was also a big Absolutely. deal. Yeah. yeah. She had never seen a concert. She had never that. seen a concert up not, till then. Not like that. Not like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I think she saw Kenny Rogers and things back sure. in the day. But uh, she said she wanted to go up in the crowd part in the back. Oh, up on the lawn there, yeah, where said, all the beach balls are flying. Uh, I'm like, no, you don't. You just think you do. <laughs> right? And it looks like fun from here, Mom. Trust yeah. me. Well, we, we didn't get to the top of the stairs to the, where the lawn started. And because I had been on the screen, they recognized me right away. Oh, wow. I told Mom, stand behind me. Mm-hmm. And they're just coming at us and wanted to touch us. And this dude with a green face come up and smooched <laughs> me right on the cheek. So I was green for the remainder of the hour standing back there. That's hilarious. But she was like, wow, you weren't kidding. I said, nope. But it's a party. Yeah, she said, it yeah, is that a party. was nice, but they scared me for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we were just outnumbered, Mother. Yeah. But, yeah, what a heck of a night. And what a great memory for you with your mom. It, Oh yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, she was, she was always behind me. Yeah, musically, you know, come to the shows. Her and dad were dancers. I love that. So uh, I played with a group called Rhythm and Smooth, Mm -hmm. or a duo, for seven years or so, with Bruce Livingston, sure, good friend of mine, and uh, we called them the Rhythm and Smooth Dancers. I love that. And on many, we recorded everything. Many times you hear Rhythm and Smooth Dancers. (laughs) Mother loved Jimmy Buffett, too. Mm. Son of a Son of a Sailor was mm-hmm. her favorite song. Oh, I love that. So if Mom was in the house, I had to play some Buffett. Absolutely. So. But, yeah, good stuff. All good stuff. That's great. So. That's amazing. I don't think I have any bad musical memories, you know, other than equipment going whack <laughs> while you're live. You know, uh, Guitar strings snapping on you and uh-huh. things like that. Yep. I think my favorite stage thing is when the feedback. Oh, you know, all of a sudden everything's goes. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can't hear for about thirty seconds after that. Yeah. And you're looking at your partner going, "I don't know <laughs> what just happened. I didn't touch anything." Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's always a hard moment to recover t- from too, because you know what? Even if you didn't have everyone in the room's attention before, oh, now you do. Yeah. Now everybody's staring at They're you. They're looking at you. Yeah. So and it happened in almost every show. Yep. I, I started. I got after Bruce. Okay, you're gonna do this first. Go ahead and do this first. Yeah. You're gonna sc- We'll, uh, you know, he's like, same to you, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Right back at you. Love you, man. (laughs) But yeah, live is a good way to go, though. It really is a good way to go. And you do a fantastic job live. When were you first in a band? Like, how how old were you? When did that first start happening for you? Well, it started pretty early for me, being, starting to play so young. When I was in the sixth grade, I think was my first talent show right you know Mm -hmm. and uh myself and sam nace and uh or i can't remember his guy's last name was lore he played drums and we played the monkeys oh yeah clarksville that's a great song too it's pretty cool yeah so that was my first really did you guys uh, win the talent show second place second place yeah we did all right a nice job uh seventh grade did it again uh getting into the peter paul mary bob dylan then and uh Myself and two young ladies uh, sang. They were doing harmonies and stuff. Oh, nice. And very pretty. Um, he was pretty. T- <laughs> and uh, we played guitar. And we got second place again because there was a, um, 
R and B band. Oh yeah. And there was like six or seven of those guys and they were bad. Yeah. The singer he jumped up and did the splits. I feel good. Oh yeah. yeah. I said, We just lost. <laughs> <laughs> you knew it then. I knew it was you knew all it over. Then. You oh, know, man. the kumbaya wasn't cutting it. Now I feel good, <laughs> but it's uh, <laughs> Oh man. Well, yeah, and it just you know, I started once I started playing and it started in church too mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, my brother was a singer. He he and I did lots of stuff in church. Uh, Morning is Broken, Cat Stevens. Oh, Cat Stevens, great. Troy could sing. Yeah. And uh, playing in church kind of helped me get brave enough to walk to the microphone. I was just going to ask, when player. did you get over the shyness? It took a long time. Yeah. I, I was a, uh, a harmonizer for many years and playing along with people, being the accompaniment. Right. People didn't always know when to start, mm-hmm. when to stop, you know, different parts of the song. So that's when I grew a set. And said, okay, well, they're not going to figure this out. So this is where you start. Yep. No, this is where you start, you know, that sort of thing. But uh, I was in my 20s when I decided, okay, I want to do some lead singing. And I, I braved some Joan Jett and some Pretenders and stuff like that. My, my soul's always been acoustic. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it was Jimmy or Uncle Gene or whatever, but I'm still drawn to the acoustic guitar. That sound, you know, even if I'm playing my Les Paul. Yeah. I love the, the clarity and the crispness of a good strung guitar. You know, I played 12 string for 10 years. Yeah, my uncle used to play 12 string, and I remember just sitting there as a child and just being in awe of him. He could play Wake Up Little Susie from the Everly Brothers on a 12 string. And I just remember just watching his fingers and just being like, how how does he do that? Double dense. Yeah. It's amazing. Double dense. Double dense. Dense in your fingers. Right. Now, you just brought us to uh, one of your original songs. That's right. Ever. Dense in my fingers, yep. which was a song that you wrote uh, about the journey with your uncle yeah. teaching you how to play guitar. Tell us about that song. So great. Well, um, like I said, he did start teaching me when I was nine years old, and he taught me until I... I grew up and said that was too cool for, <laughs> not really. We we were best friends all along. But uh, Dance in My Fingers is a song about Uncle Gene teaching me to play guitar and trying to get me to sing. And I was chicken mm-hmm. and shy. And uh, finally one day I decided I was going to do it. And every time I sang that song in front of him, he would cry. I'd tell him, you have to sit in the back. <laughs> I can't watch I you cry. <laughs> Because he was a big love in my heart. But, yeah, when I was young and I never had sung, my uncle used to ask me, Cat, got your tongue? I said, no, sir, I'm just shy. Mm-hmm. So it just came out, and, and the song tells the story. And when I get to the last verse, when I was young and I never had sung, my uncle used to ask me, Cat, got your tongue? I said, no, sir, not anymore. Not anymore. I'm going to be a singer with dents in my fingers. So. It's such a great song, and I just got I just got the old hairs on my neck, right. um, arms uh, standing up just thinking about that because I'm sure that every time you look down at your fingertips, you probably think of your uncle. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. To this day, I got his picture. I see it every day. Yeah, and his grandson, which he barely got to know. I think Darian was three, mm. and he he has turned out to be a phenomenal guitar player. I wish he could have been at the 38 special show. Yeah, was he there too? Yeah, he came out. God, I missed a great show. He's getting ready to go to Berkeley. Oh, wow. You know, he's yeah. uh, 17 now. Wow. He's not even out of high school. They want him yesterday. You know, That's Graduated awesome. last year with a 4.5. I never heard of such I a I never thing. knew that was a thing. You know, and Good he's for him. just, uh, 
he's very level-headed. He's handsome, and he can sing. Yeah, I love it him so much. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. That's so great. Now, do you think when you think about that, you said your uncle and uh, your grand or his grandson have so much in common. Do you think that the musical ability is in the blood? Do you think that's hereditary? I do. Yeah, because I mean, there's something about a musician's soul. Right. And I think it just continues on this earth and it just keeps getting passed down generation after generation after generation. And soul is a good word because I think people have the capability, but if you don't have the passion for right. it, you know, some people, you know, love my nephew, but he said it was like homework. Yeah. Broke my heart. Oh, but, yeah. You know, I mean, he had the capability. He just, you know, he just didn't feel it. And he was a youngster. Mm-hmm. He was my age. You know, ten years old. So, but he still he still says maybe one day, Wabu. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, <laughs> well, yeah. If you get the passion, yeah, and the man above gives you that that capability, yeah, it's the best medicine I think I ever had in my life. Oh yeah, it's therapeutic. Oh, absolutely. It's therapeutic for those of us listening to it who can't play music. I can't play a lick of music. There was no. I mean, we had. Um, creative people in my family but it wasn't a musical creativity it was a different kind of creativity you know we had uh, writers and poets and things like that in my family but there was no musical ability going on but when so when I listen to music I listen to it from I I need to hear that story behind the song I need to hear a song that tells a story for me that's what I get off on I like to hear the song you know (laughs) the musicality of like you probably hear the instruments differently than I do you can probably pick out notes and chords and know what kind of guitar they're playing, know all of those things. Sometimes. Yeah. Instruments, are, yeah, there's so many guitars now. Mm-hmm. To tell one from the other, even looking at them is a, is a challenge. Yeah. But uh, chords I can never and remember. things, thank God, because I learned to play by ear. Mm-hmm. I never learned to read music. I think that's beneficial, you know. I can be sitting in the car and sometimes say, oh, that's a D, that's a D. And then again... I can't figure out what the heck it is. Yeah. It's like uh, um, Google. Yeah. <laughs> Hit YouTube. Yeah. Do you think, isn't it amazing how my son uh, picked up a guitar. I bought him one for Christmas when he was 15 because it was something that he wanted to do. And he went on YouTube and taught himself how to play guitar. And he's pretty damn good at it. He doesn't do it cool. much anymore because now he's designing video games. But so his creativity went in a different direction. But I think every once in a while, he'll still go in his room and just kind of chill out with his guitar for a little bit. But the fact that you can get that kind of education on the internet these days, it kind of, I I think it's great. Fair, we didn't have that. Right. But you had your uncle in a room and you had that time and you had that, that real life moment of music. YouTube, you you don't have that. No. Mm -mm. I mean, and I use YouTube. To this day. Sure. It, it saves me time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, know? yeah. Absolutely. So how do you play this on guitar or piano mm-hmm. or... Yeah. So. Now you can uh, you can Google a song and get the guitar chords. Absolutely. And read along with them. And, yeah. Well, my phone right now, uh, Elvis song that I just did and mm-hmm. I was going to do Winter Wonderland. I got the words on there. That song about drove me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I love your Christmas music, but yeah, it didn't turn out to be the one. That's all right. But uh, I'm thankful for... Those sort of things because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, and I, I have a love-hate relationship with, you know, to technology anyway. I love computers. I hate computers. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, they, they save me a lot of times. I, I refuse to do the on-stage uh, 
screen in front of me. Right. I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to have that list at my feet. You know, and I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that because I think that a lot of musicians right now, especially this new generation of musicians, I think they lean on it just a little too much. I don't like seeing a musician on stage reading off their phone. It's distracting for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need a distraction. <laughs> I, I got plenty of that going on. Right. Know? Live crowds, they kill me. Yeah. And I was talking to Brad earlier. Mm-hmm. He was talking about that Jethro Tull and just messing with him doing that. It was like, I know it was three words I didn't say. And I'm like, okay, I'm not talking to you anymore. Yeah. Back to the song. Back to the song. Because you really do have to concentrate. I mean, you're doing a lot of things when you're playing a song on stage. You're, you you know, you got to make sure your face is near the microphone right. You got to remember the words. You got to remember the chords, yeah. the rhythm, the, all of that stuff. It takes a lot. I don't think people realize how exhausting that could be. If you're playing with a band. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Be yeah. with the bass player. You got to be with the drummer. Mm-hmm. Gotta, I do. I've been doing solo for a long time. And I have a, a love for that, mm-hmm. you know. I think I know where I'm at most of the time right. in the song, you know. But, uh, yeah, it is a lot. But the, I don't know how it happens, but over the years, you know, you almost can't do one without the other. It becomes, I think, uh, it's almost like an extension of self. Definitely. Yeah. And if you have the connection with a, a partner in your band or something, you yeah. know, uh, Bruce and I had that rhythm and smooth. It's like we almost knew what was coming before. We got to it, you know, even if it was a flub, you know, it was like, okay, well, we screwed that up. So now we're going to, okay, good. You almost have that, that, uh, that uh, finish each other's sentences kind of relationship, but the sentence is, is music. Yeah. Yeah. More more than one time we say the same thing at Mm -hmm. the same time in the microphone. So, (laughs) so, so when you've played with several bands over the years, yeah. Tell us about some of those. Uh, Not from the sixth grade and the seventh grade. No. (laughs) Uh, In high school. We we played with everybody. I was in chorus, so mm-hmm. that was an open door yeah. for me to meet a lot of musicians. Played out of Woodbury Forest with a bunch of good musicians out there. Bruce and I went to school together, so we started jamming when we were 13 years old. Oh, wow, okay. You know, so that connection and that harmony started happening pretty quick. And um, met some folks from down Lake of the Woods. One of the best guitar players I've ever played with was Benny Vandervliet. Okay. He's still jamming down Locust Grove, Virginia. That's he plays cool. with uh, Violet Black, Black Violet. He always corrects me. <laughs> he, he's in that band. Two names, one way I forget. <laughs> phenomenal guitar player. Ron Richards, he's out here right now doing acoustic shows around town. He's phenomenal. He did a lot of tracks with us, <clears throat> as did Benny, Rhythm and Smooth, Images CD. Uh, Peter Bonta yeah. came out. He's from Wally Cleavers. Mm-hmm. I met him uh, in the in the 90s and uh tracking for another friend of mine and i had a blues song funky blues i still play yep. that song yep he came to neptune studios in woodbridge in a snowstorm <laughs> with a 400 pound or with a 400 pound keyboard it took four <laughs> men to tote it upstairs and he put a phenomenal piano track on that song wow for me. just because he's peter bonta you know yeah uh, Incredibly Cobb, talented. Cobb Irvin was uh, the sound guy. He played drums. Jody Fitterer, the best drummer I've ever jammed with. Wow. You know, he's a, uh, I remember, you remember Zach and Guy, uh, Dave Guy? Yes, yes. And uh, Big they, Daddy uh, Shay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they're um, unchained now. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like, members have changed and stuff. The full but, band, yeah. yeah. But Jody was the drummer for them for years. Oh, wow. And uh, he's working on a new project now. But Jody Fitterer, I'm going to tell you what. I love him. 
I yeah. love you, Jill. <laughs> We've had a secret love affair forever. Very nice. But he's just a phenomenal. All those guys. Bruce Livingston, I, I can't say him many times. We jammed from 13 to just this past summer. Wow. You know, yeah. So, a lot, lot of amazing people. I'm very fortunate. And then that's just a few. Yeah, that's like know? the tip of the iceberg. I'm oh, always yeah. so impressed to learn more and more and more about the local music scene here in the area. It's just so it's many. off the charts. Through you, I have met. So many artists, and if I hadn't met you September two or three years ago, wow. Well, that's a hell of a compliment. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And because I think through you, I've met artists too. So, which I just, it, everything about this local music scene is, is incredible. It's happening. Fredericksburg mm-hmm. is happening. Which is amazing yeah. because you wouldn't think so. You move into a little town like Fredericksburg. I've been here 10 years now. And when I first got here, I was like, this is a sleepy little area. And I kind of like that. But then I remember, I think I was only here for a week or two before I was walking down Caroline Street and there was somebody playing guitar on a street corner. Yep. And I ju- it started to dawn on me very quickly that this live music scene was alive and well and thriving. Picker Supply mm-hmm. was my, my first encounter before I moved here. I didn't get here till the 80s. And Brand Dillard... You know, he's a phenomenal bass player, fiddle, uh, mandolin player. Mm-hmm. So he kind of got me in the spot. Pete Mealy, I'm sure you know yeah, who Pete is. I've heard and, the name, yeah. And man, I met a bulk of musicians right there in that store, just sitting around picking. Yeah. Ward Warren. Mm-hmm. Warren, Ward, I get him. It's like Violet Black. And right. Ward Warren. Ward Warren, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, he's another one that just come out of nowhere. He's, yeah. been, he's been here forever and just all of a sudden, boom. He's on the scene, man. Yeah, and everybody's Killing got it. a great story, too, around here. There's so many, and that's, that was one of the reasons why I started this podcast. I had a conversation during a, a musical break one night at Park Lane Tavern with Wayne Berry, uh, Big Rob's guitar player. Mm. And uh, he starts telling me about the time he was at a roller rink back in the 70s, and he met Janis Joplin. <gasps> yeah, that's, that was my exact reaction. Whoa. Exactly, goosebumps. And he said he, he said he shook her hand. And he didn't wash his hand for weeks after that, you know, and just the, it was those stories. And I hear them all the time. It was those stories that made me want to do this because I thought, you know what, if we don't get these stories uh, recorded, someday they'll be vapor and people need to hear them. Yeah. And nobody will ever know. Yeah. Joe Napier was here. That's right. Where'd she come from? Where'd she come from? <laughs> Where did she come from? It was a planet all my own. Yeah. Well, you know so. what? It's a pretty damn cool planet if you ask me. <laughs> well. Uh, like I said, I feel blessed. Music is good medicine for anybody. Yeah. If you're listening, you're dancing, you're picking, you're going, you're singing. I'm telling you, it's just good. It's just good. Yeah. You know, good words friends, and good music. Times. I mean, that's there the name of the podcast. And words and music, it's the two most simple things, most used things in the world. I mean, if you think about how far back music goes and obviously language from the, the dawn of time, those two things, yeah. you put them together and magic happens. When did you start writing your own songs? Um, I started that pretty young, too. Um, poetry. Mm-hmm. Uh, first thing I realized, and an English teacher told me, that's not how you do that. <laughs> but uh, I said, look, I'm just telling the story. You can put the little dots and lines in there and all that. But uh, probably eighth grade, you know, I started writing a lot of poetry, and, and my mom was the choir director, so I would go with her to practice. So I'm hearing all these lyrics yeah. in church and, you know. R&B playing in the house, mm. Aretha Franklin. So uh, I started writing pretty early. Um, some of the songs I, I still do, heck, I wrote late 
where does get that? Oh, seventies. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. I started writing in the seventies, and some of those songs I still carry with me. They're, That's awesome. They're just you know, um, studio. Uh, JP said the other day it's Americana. You know, mm-hmm. it's folks that come in there and want to do the the folky stuff. Yeah. You know? Like that, that stuff's coming back. It's coming full circle. It is coming first, yeah. full circle. And I think this area is ripe with Americana singers yeah. and bluegrass and folk singers. And I don't think it's going anywhere, which I think is no. it's great. It's one of those genres that's always kind of been there in the background. And it's never really had a whole lot of mainstream success. But even that could be changing. Because there's a lot of roots in Americana singers out there Absolutely. right now. And it's kind of starting to bleed into that mainstream country sound. Curious to see. Uh, I'm surprised that it's back, but mm-hmm. it's uh, you know every every corner I turn, I run across artists that are playing that that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, we see it a lot in in the new country that's coming out right now. I mean, there's a there's a girl group right now. I don't know if you've heard of the High Women. I've heard of them. I'm Remember the Highway Men? Oh, absolutely. Back in the day. So yeah. this is a take on that. It's four young ladies who have gotten together. It's two songwriters, uh, Natalie Hemby and Amanda Shires. And then Brandy Carlisle, who has made a really good name for herself in Americana and Roots music. And then Maren Morris, who, of course, is a mainstream country star right. with a phenomenal voice. But these four women have gotten together and they've put out a really amazing album. And it doesn't quite do what uh, country radio wants it to do. So they're kind of you know, they're not getting any airplay, really? which is a whole nother subject that fires me up. <laughs> you know, females not getting enough airplay. That's about uh, it. We've been fighting a long time. Right. We're winning, though. It's just. Do you think so? I think so. Yeah. You know, I mean, look look at the stage now. Yeah. If you watched the CMAs the other night, that was. It was incredible. Women and women. Yeah. You know. And they were there. They were there. Right. The I high women. That. Yep. And they and were phenomenal. Ashley was. Ashley was McBride. On stage yeah. with them. Yeah, we were talking before we started. Ashley McBride, I was listening to her on the way here, and I kept thinking to myself, you know, Ashley reminds me a lot of you. Really? Yeah, that raw authenticity, especially on stage. The first time I saw Ashley was 2017. Um, Scott McMillan, another another phenomenal local artist around here, he came to me and he said, listen, I've got this girl, um, artist that I met down in, this great songwriter that I met down in Nashville, and she's coming up here. We got her a gig. Do you want to talk to her? Do you want to meet her? I know, had absolutely yeah. zero background on her. Didn't know who she was. Didn't know anything about her. This was March of 2017. And so I went out to the show and <sighs> this girl opened her mouth and I was blown away. She's just got such an incredible gift. She's at home. Oh, yeah. She's, she's in her spot when she's standing there. Absolutely. You can just see it. And the, the lyrics she writes... The way she plays that guitar, it's just, she, it's finesse, mm-hmm. you know. She's definitely in her zone. Absolutely, you know? yeah. Seeing her, you know, a couple months ago, I was very impressed, you know. And she's just, playing live is not the easiest thing. Oh, I can't imagine. You, you gotta, you grow into it, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know? And again, it comes with the passion. If that's what you want to do, yeah, that's what you're going to do. Yeah. So, and live is a big deal. You know, it, it it takes me, and I think it does almost every other artist, you get to go to another place for a little while, mm-hmm. you know. It's all about the music, and it's all about the singing and the picking, and, you know, who you're jamming with. That's very special, and she definitely got it going on. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I saw her with Little Big Town. Mm-hmm. Another phenomenal band. Absolutely phenomenal, yeah. I love them. They're great, and they're they're all about that harmony. 
Oh my God. Oh, they're all about that harmony. And it's so, so great. I, I, I got my nephew listening to them when he was like six or seven. Yeah. You know, uh, I think it was their, one of their first, it was the first uh, LP that I had of theirs, uh, The Road Home or mm-hmm. The Road Here. Or yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. And I had Tyler singing uh, all this crooning, wounded. And my dad goes, what is he singing? <laughs> and I, welcome to the family. Yeah. Where, yep. where did he learn that? It's country dad. He don't like country. Yes, he does. You know, it's funny. I had a conversation not too long ago with my dad, and I tried to I tried to send him some current country music that I thought he would dig. My dad very into bluegrass, very heavy into bluegrass and old oh. country. You know, he liked the Conway Twitty. He likes John Prine. He likes you know just real good gritty old country. And good choices. Yeah. Well, I sent him a little Ashley McBride. I sent him a little Brothers Osborne. I sent him songs I thought he would dig. And he sent them all back to me, and he was like, nope. <laughs> really? I could not get his attention with any of it. So, yeah, he's a tough nut to crack, though, my old, my old man. He's a salty old sailor. I love him to death. But, yeah, he's definitely set in his ways. <laughs> but you know what? He would love your 11-minute Led Zeppelin medley. I guarantee you. So? Absolutely he would. Because he's who introduced me to Led Zeppelin. Oh, I like your den already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. And Jimmy Buffett. If I'm honest, yeah. You, so A Pirate Looks at 40 is the song that always made me think of my dad. Cause, oh, that song. Yeah, that was him. It's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Took me a while to learn that one. I used to get requests for it all the time, so I had to learn it. Yeah. So I can remember uh, playing Aquaquan, uh, The Down Under. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know but four or five verses, and the guy in the audience just kept after me, kept after me. <laughs> so I said, okay, I know up to this verse, and then you're going to have to sing it. And yep. he did from... You know, two tables back. Nice. He was singing. <laughs> Thank you. And I remembered a couple things to go with it. But, uh, yeah, you can't forget those songs. No. So, what else does your dad play? I mean, My musically. dad, uh, he was really into, and he loved Cat Stevens. Cat in the Cradle, or Cats in the Cradle was one of the songs I remember oh, yeah. him uh, um, growing up. I remember him playing on the guitar, Harry, playing uh, Harry, Harry Chapin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Mr. Bo Jangles. Remember that tune? He was playing dirt band, I yeah. Think. yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, but it's just yeah. he he had a very eclectic. My father used to play. What's um? I'm not. I'm trying. I'm drawing a blank on who sang it, but the 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 true country and western song. You know, at the end of the. Uh, you don't have to call me darling, darling. Oh, was that George? Is that, was it George? George Jones? You Maybe. Have to call me darling. Darling. Yep. <laughs> and then at the end of that, there's a whole verse, a whole like extra verse about how any country and Western song needs to be about mama, a truck, going to prison. You right. know, they had to have all these elements. So then he sang this one last verse and it had all those elements in it. I was drunk the day my mom got out of prison <laughs> and I went to pick her up in the rain. Right. But before I could get to the station in my pickup truck. I got runned over by a damned old train or something. Go. It was something about, the, and he, I remember him playing that for me and he being like, now that's a good country and Western song, right? So my father's bar is pretty high. <laughs> well, those were good songs. I must they admit, were. If you, if you go back there, fortunately, yeah. Uncle Gene, mm-hmm. you know, plastered that in my brain. So yeah, I'm thankful for all that, but us girls, we don't write about those kind of things so True. much, you know. It's very, very true. You know, and, and, and these days, uh, the women of country music have a very sort of uh, obstacle-filled road in front of them. 
trying to make it in the business. Very true. Because back in the 90s, of course, they, they cut the women in half on country, on country radio. Um, some consultant came in and said, you know, if you take off half these women, your ratings will go up, according to the research, yeah. right? And so unfortunately, those doors are closed for them, and they've been closed for them for, for a very long time. We're trying really hard to open them again. And so when I look at artists around here, uh, the young female artists, I have a super soft spot for them because I want to see them succeed so much. I look at the guys and I'm like, you guys are incredibly talented. You're going to have an easy road, much, much easier than these ladies. You know, so when I see the ladies start coming out and start shining and start showing their great voices and their incredible talent and their incredible personalities, I want so much for them. So do I. So do I. I, I fought that. Myself, you know, more in the the rock era of it, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, I had to follow Joan Jett and Janice, and you yeah. know, even Carol King, and it was it was hard to get a, you know, that girl over there, right? Says she plays a guitar. They're like, yeah, sure she so, does. And yeah. until you could get the few steps out front there, and now it's like, okay, but yeah, it's still a challenge. You know, you you get that that eye like. Hmm. Mm-hmm. We're in for tonight. You know, even thirty eight special. I asked Max, you know, what do you think of my set? He said, not at all. What I expected. It was great. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So okay, so uh, I know who you're talking about, and um, He's I a good guy, a good guy, and uh, does a great job. However, he has a very specific idea of what will and will not sell tickets. Really. And unfortunately, he has told me on many occasions that women just don't sell tickets. And I have tried to explain to them, they sure as hell do. They sure, book a woman, let me show you. Watch this. You know, they're in, and it's incredibly frustrating because nine times out of 10, we'll work with these promoters around here a lot of times, and it is 100% sausage fest, you know, with a couple girls thrown in. If you brought a female-centric show to this this area, I think I think it would be huge. I think so, too. I think it would be huge. I think the boys would be in for a challenge trying to get to the front row and see. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. There's that philosophy in uh, in radio that a lot of older, the older generation of radio gatekeepers, as it were, uh, say women don't want to hear women on the radio. Women don't want to hear female music. And I call bullshit. <laughs> that that might have been, uh, and I'm not sure it was ever, but I don't think not it was nowadays. Ever. No. And I don't think anybody ever asked women no, that question. Sign of the times, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, the way the way things were back in the old days, the women took a back seat. Women don't take a back seat anymore. No, you know, we're driving That's this right. bus. You better believe it. So, <laughs> I didn't get that vibe from from Max, but you That's know, good. we, we mm-hmm. were, you know, he appeared. We did. We had to do. And, yeah, you know, that was it. But you know, he was. Uh, I'm good. I'm glad everybody treated yeah, you he well. Said it, said it went well, and I even asked uh, Kevin. You know, because I hadn't been out for a side mm-hmm. side stage show, and I said, "Well, you know, compared to others, yeah, you know, um, what what did you think? You know, I mean, I, I had a pretty good crowd standing out there. You know, fortunately, a, a large group of friends came out. I call them my tribe. I like your tribe. Your tribe so, is fantastic. Yep, yeah, they're great. incredibly supportive so, and just wonderful people. Yep. So we had a, we had a good crowd, and he said, "I said, well, one to ten. You know, I'm, asking, I'm talking to Kevin. Mm-hmm. And he said, twelve. Nice. And I was like, dude, I love you." Yep. Come here, let me hug you. <laughs> but it really felt that way. I was uh, felt good about it. I mean, both sides of the stage was a bunch of people in front of me. Yeah. Like I said, the, the I tried to pick a, a 
pretty pop and set. You know, I did some Beatles, Jethro Tull, Bonnie Raitt, Angel from Montgomery. Oh, yeah. Uh, I had to put some originals in there. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think it did any Buffett that day because it was a Southern rock. Right. Sort of, mm -hmm. you know, all right in the air. But, uh, but yeah, it was great. The crowd was great. And so they yeah. can say what they want about us girls. I think we do pretty damn good. You do. Yeah. You always, always do. And it's it's always a fun show whenever uh, whenever you come in the room. It's I know it's going to be a good time. I love it. I do. I'm going out, you know, to hang out with Vince Gale and mm -hmm. uh, the way they do their show. That's a lot of fun too. And and that's a very welcoming crowd. You know, Vince is a special guy. He's a very you know, special. Doesn't guy. care who you are, where you come from. You want to yeah. get up there. Check one, two. Let's the go. arms are open. Yeah. If you need him to play guitar for you, he'll step up and do it. Absolutely. If you need him, yeah, he's, yeah, incredible. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. And uh, someone I also hope to get on the podcast very, very soon. I know he hasn't been feeling well. Yeah. So he's been struggling with some stuff. But, yeah, when Great he is job. up and around again and then feeling better, he, he's promised me an episode. Well, good. <laughs> well, good. I haven't seen him in a while, but we, we talk on Facebook a lot. So. Yeah. And his girl, she's uh, she loves me. Beth's incredible, and she's another one that comes from a really cool musical family. That's what she tells me. Mm -hmm. you know? And she's she's working her way right in the groove. Too. Oh yeah. You know, when I see her, we talk guitars and and, and singing, and we're talking about doing some harmonies on some stuff. Yeah. So she's uh she's filling the gap out there for Vince too. Absolutely, so, absolutely. Yeah, he I got lucky Vince. when he met her. Oh, he knows. Tell it. you what, he knows it. <laughs> Grins like a gator. I bet he does. I bet he does. <laughs> so Monday, what ain't your birthday? What are you smiling about, boy? <laughs> <laughs> Everything. Just life in general. So, that's good. Yeah, that's uh, anytime I can walk into a place, you know, when y'all did that open mic, that was a lot of good musicians. That was almost two years of, of fun that we had there. It's the doors you opened for so many people. I mean, uh, the Enya Engerholm and uh, Adrian Davis. Adrian Davis, yeah. Our those, Thunder Rising those Stars. Those folks have come a long way. The Whiskey Revival. It's true. Um, yeah. I mean, from, from right when I walked in that door, I could tell those folks were just getting in the groove. Mm -hmm. And, man, you guys just opened doors for them. And and built their confidence, and now they're kicking up dust, buddy. You know where that comes from? My, I mentioned my uncle on the 12-string doing Wake Up Little Susie. I remember I was in a bowling alley. Uh, it was one of my mom's co-workers' retirement parties, and they had hired my uncle to play. You know, And so there he was sitting in the, uh, you know, they had some kind of a little back party room, and he's sitting in the corner, and he's playing that 12-string. I'm just a little kid. I'm probably, I don't know, 10, 12 years old. So I'm at the party because my mom's a single mother. She didn't have money for, you know, babysitters and things like that. So when she had to go somewhere, we went with her. And it was, you know, find something to do. Go play <laughs> in the corner. Days. Go hang out. So, yeah, of course, in the 80s. You know, I was always at the bowling alley with the, with the adults hanging out. And, and uh, my brother would find a place to sleep. <laughs> he didn't care where. He could sleep anywhere. But I always wanted to be a part of the party. So, But my uncle captivated me. My uncle used to play with Joe Walsh back in the day. No kidding. No kidding. I mean, he was just, he had, I um, mean, he's put out a couple of albums and things like that. He was a great incredibly talented musician ray campbell jr if you ever look him up uh yeah fantastic and but i remember sitting there thinking to myself this party's going on and he's over there playing his heart on he's just lost in his music it didn't matter that everybody was talking it didn't matter if anybody was paying attention he was there in the corner playing his songs and i remember thinking to myself it's those people that that become you know everybody's favorite superstar was somebody's favorite local artist one time in the yep. back of a bar, in the back of a party, playing to no one. Yep. 
And play with Joe Walsh? Get out of here. Back in the day, yeah. He recorded with Joe Walsh and just did all kinds of... Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong Walsh. Is there another Walsh? Not that pops into my mind. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty... Joe's now with the Eagles, but... Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. We're talking about back in the late 70s, early 80s. There was another band. I was a big fan. Of course, I can't think of it, but... uh, Maybe it was a cousin. No. Yeah, it could have been. Who knows? But, you know, and, and my uncle was just so great. And I remember thinking to myself, you know... Um, when I got into radio and I came from a little tiny town in uh, North Dakota where I first started doing radio and there wasn't a whole lot of live music going on up North there. North Dakota. Yeah, it's too cold to play guitar. Your fingers <laughs> freeze. too cold to be right? in North Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> True that. That's why I'm here. But I, I spent a week in Atlanta before I moved here and I remember thinking there is music everywhere in Atlanta. And the music in Atlanta speaks of, uh, it has all these different flavors, like New Orleans. There's a lot of Bourbon Street sure. going on. There's a lot of those uh, influences, that Cajun influence in the restaurants. And every, every little street corner, everybody, somebody had a guitar. Somebody had a little set of drums. Somebody had something going on. And when I got here and I saw the same thing, I was like, how can I get involved in this? How can I make this happen? And when I got over here to, to telemedia broadcasting, they were running a singing competition is what it was. And that's how I started to meet people. And then we had a, the thing, the side stage, and it was called Harmony Cove back then. Really? And it was, they kind of sprung it on me because when I took the position that I took because my predecessor left, I was only here three months. And they said, oh, by the way, you've got to book these acts. And I was like, I don't know <laughs> these acts. How am I going to do this? I don't know who any of them are. So they started to sort of give me some names and I contacted them and I got involved with it. And... For whatever reason, I just really like these people, <laughs> you know, as many times as I as I get headaches from them because <laughs> yeah, artists are fun to work with, uh, but can be like herding cats sometimes. Been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so I just look at them and I think there's so much deserving talent around here and I love seeing them grow and evolve and meet new people and work together. And there's certain people in this town who will take you in, like Vince Gale. You know, he'll take you in and he'll work with you and he'll teach yep. you things. Rob's another one, Big Rob. Yep. Jerry Wade is another one. Yep. Great entertainers. Yeah. We're, we're fortunate and blessed to have you because you have the charm and the personality that you warm up to these people. I mean, it's a comfort. You know, I didn't know you from Adam. I read your bio. Yeah. <laughs> you were a parrothead. But, uh, you're you're a good person to do that because you do it well, and you can you can see the people get in that comfort zone of their own as you're introducing them, and they're going, crap, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's my turn. Thank you, Crystal. And you give oh. them a wink and a smile, and off we go. I tell you what, it's I could never do what you guys do. I could never do it. There's I, there's I get enough anxiety getting up on a stage to talk. There's no way I could try and play an instrument and sing. So I I stand in awe of all of you, and I love it. You're holding the microphone. You're that you have an instrument, kiss. Wow. Even that by <laughs> itself, I think that scared me more than the guitar most of my days. Yeah. So many times I just sit at the table and Uncle Gene said, "Play that song." Okay, sing that song. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> he told me he said, "You this is what you're gonna have to do. If you're not gonna sing, you have to play this song so no, somebody knows what you're playing. As soon as you start playing it, if you're not gonna sing it." Hmm. And that taught me a lot right there. Yeah. You know, if you're not going to sing this song, if you're GCD in it, nobody's going to know what it is. Yeah. So that was helpful to me. And, and he taught me how to sing. He taught me how to sing harmony. And uh, but that microphone scared me to death. So 
you know, I started at harmonies, and like I said, in church, saying, no, please start here. Yeah. No, please start here. Lord, God, please start here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, you know. Microphone's a scary thing, too, and you're talking to a lot of people. You got, and you have to say words you're supposed to say. We can wing it. Yeah, a lot of times, yeah. you know, you're more nailed to the script, and we're more like meant to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that <laughs> so. is true. And my, I never really had a problem with the speaking to large crowds. My mother used to say I was as shy as a Mack truck. Okay, people would say she'd she'd be like, "Oh, is, is she shy?" <laughs> my mom would go, "Yeah, she's shy. Shy as a Mack truck." Uh-huh. <laughs> so I never really had. She don't need a microphone. That's probably that's, what she said. <laughs> I'm sure that my mother is oh, listening, going, awesome. "Yeah, she didn't need a microphone. She was a noisy child." So your mom would didn't sing or pick or. My mother has a beautiful voice. Really? My mother sang soprano in the church choir. Yeah, my mother has a and and her she has five sisters and the, the there are five sisters I should say she's she's one of five. And so they all sang in the church choir. and Carter family all over again. But what's funny about my family and their musical ability, you'll get a kick out of this. They have this family tradition that if it's somebody's birthday and they're going to sing happy birthday, the family tradition is to sing it as loud and as off-key as possible. <laughs> my mother and her sisters have been thrown out of That's hotels. <laughs> For swinging by other people's birthday parties and, and singing as it. loud and off key as possible. And that's just their thing, <laughs> you know, and that's uh, so honestly, I've never really, never really gotten the full experience of their musical talents. Okay, well, see, I was waiting for you to say a five part harmony, happy birthday. Uh, yeah. I haven't experienced that one. Maybe at Outback or something. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's God, pretty God much it. Them, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. But either, oh, it, I don't know. <laughs> You don't sing? Mm-mm. I'm terrified to sing. I've, there's been a couple of times where throughout the career of my, I've had to um, record silly parody songs or things like that. And it had to be uh, late at night at the studio when nobody else was there. And it took a lot for me to even do it alone in a room. There's no <laughs> You knew way. somebody was going to hear it when yeah. they did, yeah. Huh? I was terrified yeah. and I still am. Like I still am incredibly embarrassed that those parody songs are out there somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, now that you mentioned that, <laughs> it's really uh-huh. terrifying. But yeah, so no, I, I'm, I hey, listen. I'm a really good singer in my car. That's about it. So you, you can carry a tune and you're. I doubt it. And stuff. I really don't See, think so. I'm curious. I, we're gonna we're have to have a few beers one night. And give it a go. It would take a yeah. lot. <laughs> it would take a lot. I think I sang karaoke one time, but I had a lot to drink that night. So yeah. I think that's everybody does karaoke at about that time. Yeah, so. <laughs> you hit that level of I have a zero fear left, and uh, let's get it. And it was Margaritaville, if I remember correctly. Hey, good choice, <laughs> right. good choice. You're supposed to be lit when you do yeah. that, anyway. So that's a good song. People are gonna sing it with you, no matter. Oh, absolutely. You know, so yeah, good choice. Absolutely. You knew what you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm gonna go, I'm going. Yep. I'm going to go big, right? And then I'm going to go home. You know, and you uh, mentioned Scott several times, Scott McMillan. Yeah. Um, when they were doing the American Idol here in town, mm-hmm. uh, down at uh, the old Silk Mill, mm-hmm. that's yeah. where I met Scott. Okay. He had just recently come back from deployment, if yep. I recall. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I do photography, and I was down there shooting okay. you know, what was going on. And uh, I'll tell you what, he nailed it. He almost walked away with it. The competition was really stepping up there at the end, but he yeah. was stealing hearts, buddy. Well, and he's got such charm. He does. And he's got he's got such charisma. And I, I think that 
in this town, he has sang in so many competitions, and I don't know that he's ever won. I think he's always come in second, which I always found interesting. It's like there's just something about him that, it, and I think he finally just said, I'm not doing anymore because I never win. I always right. come in second. I believe him. I would too. You know, but he has um, incredible writing skills. He does. Songwriting skills are incredible. In fact, so incredible that I actually invited him to surprise my husband on our wedding day because there was a song that he did that I loved and I wanted him to come and sing it. And he did. Uh, it was called Storm Chaser, one of his originals. And cool. it's such a great song. And he's he, he was actually um, playing at Amy's Cafe the night my husband and I met. I was there watching him play. And um, Randy had uh, asked if he could, you know, meet me somewhere for coffee and conversation. Right. So Amy's ended up being where we met. And uh-huh. Scott was there playing in the background. So for us to have Scott's just kind of a part of our story. Cool. And uh, he's such a great person. And like I said, he's the one who introduced me to Ashley McBride. So he's got a lot of. How did he come? So he goes down to Nashville quite often. I and he's, it, but I didn't, I mm-hmm. didn't. He's got a publishing deal down there. Cool. So he does write. Um, and he got into this circle through just happenstance and just being in town and, and got into this circle of incredible songwriters, Blue Foley and Randall Clay, who's no longer with us, and uh, Ashley McBride. Yeah, who is just, I mean, the whole, he's running with a really cool crowd. Cool. Is what he's doing. Because I see his post when, you know, it was like the other night with Ashley. Mm-hmm. Like, Man, I want to be you. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, he's he's very good. And I have photographs of him that he's never seen. Really? Non-incriminating. It's all good. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, I met a couple singers there. Uh, mm-hmm. Tana Hedgepeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emma Zink won one. Yes. Uh, photographing. And oh, my God. Tana Hedgepath won the next one, and I worked with her. We did wine festivals out at the fairgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, for the rock and roll one, uh, Mickey O'Hearn, mm-hmm. phenomenal singer. She can sing like Audio Slave. And, nice. And TNT. You know? Yeah. So, and, and that's how I met those folks is through that American Idol. But Scott, he, he turned a lot of heads. I was surprised. Yeah. You know, he made like the top five. Oh, yeah. You can pick him out because he's taller than everybody in the building. It's true. And handsome. Very handsome. And when he mentioned the military, Mm -hmm. he stole us all, you know. Of course. Of course. Everybody loves a man in uniform, whether he's wearing it or not. So even wearing it then, it did not matter. Nope. Didn't matter. Yeah. But yeah, I've I've enjoyed watching his journey, too. Oh, yeah. I think that's the coolest thing. And and I've been really, really lucky in the last five years to have been there for the birth of a lot of songs. And I think that's one of my favorite things is for whatever reason. And I just count myself lucky and I'm, I'm not going to question it for whatever reason. A lot of musicians in the, in town will, uh, they'll write songs. They'll get it sort of on their phone, you know, they'll record it on their phone right. and then they'll send it to me and ask me my opinion. And I, I, I don't know why, I don't know why my opinion even matters, but I think it's just something really cool about being there for the birth of a song. And to get to watch it then grow into its finished product. Like when Enya got to do her recording after she won Rising Star. Um, Just being there for, in the beginning, she hadn't even finished the song. And we sat down over at Wally Cleaver's uh, with Jeff. I didn't know that. Yeah. And uh, she played a little bit of it and she hadn't finished it yet. But we all kind of went, that's the song. You got to record that one. That is a good song. It's a great song. Very good. Yeah. And that's another one of those stories. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a good story. Yeah, she's such a young, at such a young age, and she's got such an incredible story, yeah. already. Both of those girls are. Yeah. 
they're just beginning to dance. So. Isn't that fun to see? Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. I if give you them could, kudos every time I see them. Yeah. On the back, of, you know, Brianna Giesling is another. Oh one my gosh! Yeah. Have you say that? She, she's, Bri- she's yeah. Also phenomenal. Incredible, incredible. So, See her post stuff all the time. But, yeah, she's a guitar-picking fool, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a great songwriter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And her dad, Mike, standing there telling me, how many people you know will play Kansas? Look at that. That's my girl. Well, and that's what I love, too. About <laughs> That was another thing I, about the, the crop of females in this area. You mentioned Emma Zink. Yep. And the one word that I always use to describe Emma is fearless. Absolutely. She will you sing anything. She doesn't care. It could be a Brothers Osborne song. It could be an Etta James she, you know, she, I've heard her sing At Last. I've heard her sing the Doobie Brothers. I've heard her sing Luke Bryan songs. Yeah. I've heard her sing Ashley McBride songs and Martina and Carrie and just anybody and everybody she is, is on her radar. She is in it. She in it now. She boy. is. Down in Nashville, that girl can play like six instruments. She's just, there's just talent coming out of every pore. Yep, she played keys in that American Idol thing. Yeah. And that and guitar and singing, she, she, she killed it. Them out, yeah. She came in down to uh, a country showdown. I think it was 2015. I remember it was uh, a third round of auditions, right? And we just had it. Everybody was coming in and auditioning. She walked in, and I, I had this feeling. I was like, it's game over. Emma Zink just walked in. And all I had heard from her at that point was I'd heard her sing the national anthem. And then uh, she she'd won a competition in another, in another area, and she came out and she opened for Dirk Bentley. And I just remember thinking that game over. Emma Zink just walked in. I love all the rest of you, but you don't stand a chance. That girl has so much talent. Yep. Yeah. She's a, she's feeling it. You can tell she's, she's right in it. Yeah. She's quite the performer. Mm-hmm. I've watched a few things from her Nashville gigs going on. Oh yeah. Impressive. Very impressive. Uh, impressive. Uh, the Emily Wise band. Oh God. Impressive. She just has bursted right out of. I'm obsessed with her. Yeah. <laughs> I'm obsessed with everything she does. So, so, and the Emily Wiseband story is great too. Her talented family, incredible. Bill Wiseband. Right. Uh, so I met her was yeah. through you and Bill mm-hmm. came out and he did that Dave Mason. And I was like, oh man. Yeah. I want to play with you. <laughs> you know? And then he yeah. says, this is my daughter. I'm like, I want to play with you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But yeah. She's phenomenal. She's, she's getting ready. Incredible she's talent. Ready. And she kind of, as she put it, tripped and fell into pop music after writing a lot of songs for contemporary Christian artists, uh, winning a Grammy with Hillary Scott for Thy Will. And then she wrote a lot of country songs. She's got she's got cuts on a Keith album record. She's got Luke Bryan cuts. She's got um, just all of this beautiful music out there. Lauren Elena, um, just incredible, incredible songs. And then she she says she tripped and fell into pop music, started um, started working with Pink. And a couple of other incredibly talented pop rights. I know. I wish you guys could see Joe's face right now because I mean I am a huge Pink fan. She is probably one of the most talented females out there, and again can Forced sing anything. To be reckoned with, no doubt. <laughs> right? She's in good company. Oh yeah, you know, she is. Good for her. Oh yeah, she is. I bet Bill's feet are not even touching the ground. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and now a, she just put out her own album, her own pop album, and, and just had a great. show. Mm-hmm. Put that video out there, and you yeah. can tell she's just like, oh, my God. She's so, so excited. And yeah. And just that, that's that's a, an example of a young lady who's been raised a, with a lot of love, you yeah. know, and a, a really strong foundation. And, and writes those true stories. Mm-hmm. And Goes through experiences, just, and she's not afraid to share them. You know, a lot of times people go through stuff, and they don't want to talk about right. it. Right. 
they want to keep it. I've, I've been there, you know. Some mm-hmm. some things just don't come out, you know. Yeah. I've written songs for like my brother, you mm-hmm. know, and I couldn't sing that one for a long time. Yeah. And I didn't want to, and now it's like every chance I get, I throw it out there. But yeah. Yeah, she's a uh, she's going somewhere. Oh yeah. You know. Oh yeah. So impressive, very impressive. If you had advice for those young ladies, what would it be? Uh, stand tall. Be you. Don't be anybody else. You know, there's so many things out there. They tug us in 40 directions. Not going. Just be you. Keep doing what you're doing. Do it like you mean it. Sing the song like it's the song you're living at the moment. And stick with it. You know, you have to. Music is not easy. Business. Yeah. So keep pushing. And they're going to knock on your door. You know, I'm, I'm blessed to know these young people as just, you know, in the circle here. But there's a lot of talent standing out there. Oh, yeah. You know, I get excited, you know. So I'll be the one standing out there with the camera, not the guitar. (laughs) (laughs) I see you. But, yeah, just keep after it, you know. Yeah. I've been doing this for a long time, and as long as the good Lord let me, I'm going to continue to do it. So I'll be standing there rooting you on, girls. Go get them. That's it. Oh, I love it. I love it. Do you know, we've already hit our one-hour mark. Isn't that crazy? It didn't take but a minute. Didn't take but a I minute. I haven't finished my beard yet. I know. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, gosh, we haven't even, I've gotten about halfway through We're this. We're going to have a chug contest, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, right after this. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Mm. Here's a message from you or mm-hmm. whatever you say. Yeah. However you all say that. But, oh, uh, man. Yeah, I've enjoyed this. I thank you for the invitation. I've enjoyed yeah. it, too. Have we Have we missed anything? Have we forgotten anything? Is there anything else you want to uh, add? Uh, I just I have a long list of influences, you know. I was listening to those ladies the other night, Enya and uh, Adrian, and they have this generation. Mm-hmm. I still think my generation we had the better. Oh my gosh, I, I would agree with that. You know, we had Hart, we had mm-hmm. Bonnie Raitt, we had Linda Ronstadt, we had Carol King, we had Janis Joplin. I got a long list here: Led Zeppelin, and let's get to the boys: uh, Beatles, Aerosmith, David Bowie. Queen, CSNY, Kansas, and all the Southern Rock Wickets, you know. Absolutely. You mentioned Bob Dylan, too, and I I was going to say, you know, he's from Hibbing, Minnesota, which is just north of where I grew up. And um, I I remember when I first discovered Bob Dylan, it was in the 90s, and I was living in Portland, Maine, because that's where my dad was stationed at the time. And uh, the boy I had a crush on was a big classic rock fan. So he introduced me to the Scorpions and Bad Company and even some Simon and Garfunkel. And I, but I remember the Bob Dylan, the, the sleeve of the record, reading like it was poetry. You didn't need the music. You no. know, you didn't need the instruments. You could just read the lyrics and get captivated. And with his voice, uh, it was a struggle to understand what he was saying. What yeah. He was saying. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. That's another, another big influence on me. You know? Yeah, uh, getting Uncle Gene to sing Bob Dylan was impossible because he sang like Elvis. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. <laughs> I remember the first time I heard Bob Dylan, uh, uh, "Big Brass Bed." Oh yeah, pre throat surgery, <laughs> right? So he actually he didn't sound anything like Bob Dylan, like the Bob Dylan I was used to. Right. And I just remember, like, holy crap, he could sing. You know, he had that. Neil Young. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That voice. That is a unique voice. It's a very unique voice. 
but Neil kills it. I, but that's iconic. another big fan of, yeah. you know, I, I still do Neil Young songs. Yeah. That's another one Uncle Gene said, if you're going to play that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. you better start picking. Mm. And you better learn how to sing that. That ain't going <laughs> to be easy, girl. Yeah. So, but yeah, what a generation. I, I still say we got the root of it. I think you're right. But the artists that are up and coming and have been for, you know, 20, 30 years now. Yeah. How cool is that? They don't have to dig very far to find those old influences, but they do have to dig for them. They kind of have to wade through the modern day quirks of music, the things that they're doing with their voices now and uh, some of the lyrics. I don't know. I get, I, get, I get a little tired of the baby talk and the, and the not enunciating the words and the changing of the words and things like I that. I struggle with that enunciating stuff. Yeah, right? yeah. But you go back to the, the old music. And my mother was a huge Everly Brothers fan. Do you like the Everly Brothers? Oh, yeah. That harmony. Yeah, there's something about that blood harmony, that sibling harmony. And that's roots of it. I mean, I'm just looking here. Glenn Campbell. Oh, yeah. You're talking about a guitar picking, good looking, singing fool. Yeah. Play with the Beach Boys. Come mm -hmm. on, man. <laughs> I say he covered it all, man. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, you got to go back, get a piece of that. Yeah. You know, that country music segment Ken Burns did. Oh, my gosh. That is an incredible documentary. I, I could watch that three or four times. I haven't, mm -hmm. but that was just so much information. Yeah. Yeah, there's no way yeah. you could retain all that. In. A lot of stuff I didn't know, obviously. I mean, I was born in uh, the middle of the 70s. So when you go take it back, like my mother loved the oldies stations on the radio. So I got to hear all of that music and I got to get involved or get you know real familiar with the shy lights and, right. you know, some of the some of the girl groups of the, the 50s and 60s. And, of course, tons of Elvis and just all those great tunes. That's so to, to go back and to watch those country music documentaries and to learn about the Carter family. And, you know, Roy Rod, Jimmy Rogers, Jimmy right. Rogers, Hank Williams, and just all of that, that so incredible, cool. incredible music. And coming from this area, you know, oh, yeah, the Appalachians yeah. and the, the mountain music and just all the, I mean, this really is the birthplace. Mom used to double date with Jimmy Dean. What? Um, Roy Clark used to jam on the front porch with my high school friend's dad he was a fiddle player wow you know roy clark they all used to hang out right around here patsy klein yeah golly talk about the voice of an angel you, you just get yeah. chills you know thinking about all that and thank the good lord it's still out there for us to listen to it amen to that you know and i hope everybody gets a piece of that yeah it'll it'll fill your soul a little bit more you fill know? your soul a little yeah. bit more yep so true yeah so so true yeah so, Good stuff. Very good. Stuff. God bless music. Best medicine I ever had in my lifetime. So. Amen. And if I could just stop buying guitars. <laughs> Please don't ever stop buying guitars. Keyboards. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. Oh, man. My Joe, living room is not a living room. Is uh, it a music room? It is. That's that's so it awesome. Is. That's so awesome. You Kids know, come to visit us like, get big speakers over here, get big speakers over here, don't touch the keyboards and the guitars. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's so great, and though. They just want to touch it. So. They, of course. They just want to be a part of it, just a little yeah. part of it. They, they love me. And my family's always been supportive. I'm very fortunate in that aspect. So. And they still do. God bless them. That's great. you got to count yourself lucky on that. Cause, I do, yeah, man. I that's do. To this day, mm -hmm. I still get called and said, you didn't tell me you were playing here. You didn't tell, you didn't tell me. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
I love you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you next time. I promise. That's right. Check your email. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Sometimes you don't have time for all that other stuff. It's true. But, it's true. But yeah, thankful for music. Thanks for having me out tonight. It was great. Well, thank you yeah. for being a part of this podcast. And I hope it makes you proud once it comes out. Oh, and it does. It does make you proud right now. Very cool. You know, I sent a couple texts today. Well, I'm busy tonight. I'm doing a podcast. That's right. Blue. <laughs> I'll call you tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. We'll make plans. We'll do <laughs> yeah. this. Joe Napier, thank you so much thank you for Christine. being a part of this little musical journey of mine. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to know you. Right back at you, my friend. Thank you so much. Words and music.